the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to The Firing Line with Philip Naiman. The Firing Line radio show is brought to you by Bullseye Sports in Riverside, CCW Safe, Cutting Edge Bullets, Vortex Optics, Vortex, The Force of Optics, and by Philip Naiman and Cornerstone Christian Wealth Management. And now your host, Philip Naiman. Good. Bad. I'm the guy with the gun. Hey folks, Philip Neyman, Firing Line Radio Show. Of course, that seems to be this week's uh, this week's theme song is Don't Stand So Close to Me, right? We've got people losing their cotton-picking minds on every single thing out here in Southern California. Um, we're going to address some of that, but we're also going to address Don't Stand So Close in the Lines of the Gun Stores. We're also going to address a couple other things that are happening in California and introduce some really good quality gear. So it's kind of a, a two-for show. We're going to give you the current events, get you caught up to date, and then because it's always nice to end the show on good notes, we're going to talk about some fun things that are involved in firearms and shooting. And that's when we're bringing on um, precision holsters. So let me open up the, the show today with Sam Paredes. Sam Paredes is with Gun Owners of California, gunownersca.com, gunownersca.com is his organization. He's been on the show before, but it has been a while. Sam, how's your morning going? It's going just great. Just finished making breakfast for the grandkids and um, come into my uh, place, uh, getting ready for when they set us free to to be prepared to to go out and do a little squirrel hunting when it, when the time is right. Are We're you guys doing, doing just fine? So, Good. Sam, you, those of you, we have this uh, recorded on video here. Sam is sitting in his reloading bench. Looks like he's reloaded one or two things before. Um, <laughs> just a few. <laughs> just a few. Just a few. So, Sam, tell us a little bit about Gun Owners of California and how you're involved in the fight for Second Amendment. Well, Gun Owners of California is the oldest pro-gun political action committee in the country. We were founded by uh, California State Senator H.L. Richardson, who passed away this January, uh, back in 1975, when political action committees were created, both under the federal government laws and California laws. He was a member of the board of directors of NRA at the time. He, he went to them and said, hey, they're trying to ban guns in California. Do you care if I start one of these packs? And they said, sure, go right ahead. And he started Gun Owners of California and very soon after created uh, Gun Owners of America. And we fight in the legislature, so we lobby. We work in elections to elect pro-gunners and defeat anti-gunners. And we work in the courts to support uh, lawsuits that are going to restore and preserve the Second Amendment uh, nationwide and especially here in California. Uh, I'm the chief lobbyist, the the chief legal guy, even though I'm not a lawyer. I've been doing this since 1980. So when I got out of kindergarten, I I went to work for gun owners and I've been doing it ever since. So that's what we are. That's what we do. This is kind of a small 
kind of a small group that's up there in Sacramento actually fighting for our rights, right? You see the same guys every time. There's the guys from CRPA. There's the Michelle lawyers. There's uh, Craig Deleuze. There's you. I mean, it's it's kind of the small group up there that's doing all this work, isn't it? Yes, it is. It's uh, Roy Griffith from the California Rifle and Pistol Griffith, Association, yeah. a former uh, uh, game warden, brings a lot to the table. Dan Reed from NRA Isla, he's one of our essential partners. He's he's uh, a lawyer and and brings a lot of youth and vitality and a lot of go get them. Uh, uh, myself, uh, Craig uh, has kind of stepped away from some of the active lobbying, get the news to gun owners, um, and uh, it, it's. Uh, that's the team. Uh, we have um, uh, a new representative from the uh, National Shooting Sports Foundation that is that is now weighing in and bring here in Sacramento. We are ready to fight. Uh, thank the good Lord that the coronavirus made the legislature go away, so they're not in the Capitol uh, doing things to our liberties uh, and our freedoms. And that means that we don't have to go down there and lobby them because there's nobody there to lobby except the crickets and the mice. <laughs> so uh, we, we're, we're this. There's a there's a bright side to this. this whole thing. I'm in, I'm in full that, agreement with that, you on that. When they come back, yeah, I'm in, when they come back, it's going to be helter skelter because they're only going to have a few weeks to deal with all the laws that are presently going through the process. I'm sure they're going to break every rule that they've established for themselves for transmit uh, information and disclosure, and they're going to try to jam through it, and we're going to and be that's, ready to that's fight. part of the problem that we have in California. We have 38 million people, and as you said, we have less than 10 in Sacramento fighting for our rights there at the show, at, at the events, at trying to talk the sanity into these people. Um, I do believe the best thing that's happened is that Sacramento, or as we call it here on the show, excremento, has been <laughs> shut down for the last couple of months. So. <laughs> Don't do that. You're going to make me go to the bathroom, man, right in the middle of an interview. <laughs> that's part of, hey, so that's part of excremental there. So one of the things is with yeah. the um, is the fact that they are shut down, it just is telling us right off the bat that everybody in Sacramento is not an essential employee. Oh, so baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. The federal government has declared everybody in the gun uh, business, all from the manufacturers down to the gun dealers, uh, as essential. And they have not declared that legislators no. are essential. As a matter of fact, I think we're doing okay without them making yeah, laws. They so so. They're about as essential as warts and, and, and pimples right now. I, you know? I had a, I had an old friend from Colorado, his, uh, his granddad, Archie Cunningham, great old guy. And he had this old man voice and he'd say, well... That's about as useful as the nursing appendages on a male swine. Now, <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's the that's description awesome. of our legislators, but the exception of Mike Morell up there in California. Hey, joining us, I also have Rick Travis. Rick is on the show here. Rick, how are you doing? Pretty good, trying to not get wet. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. His internet's down. He's, he's calling in on the show here. But uh, Rick is the, um, we have a new title that I always mess up here. Director, Director of Development. <laughs> at California Rifle and Pistol Association. And one of the things we wanted to talk about with Rick is what's going on with California DOJ and the 10-day waiting period, which is 10 days <laughs> now. Oh, you mean the... Uh... They don't have enough time when they already have nine days and 23 hours and 45 minutes longer than every other state to do this. For the instant background check? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so what's going on with that right now is 
they're obviously delaying people from being able to pick up their firearms. Uh, they're using the excuse like everybody else is for everything. COVID-19 is now the, you know, I forgot to get what my wife wants at the grocery store. It's COVID-19's fault. Rather than really looking at what's really going on, and that is they're just not getting their job done. And they're purposely and willfully delaying people. They're now telling people it could be 15 days, 20 days, 25 days, maybe even 30 days. And at 30 days, if you're still, it's not decided if you can pick up your firearm, well, you can go to the back of the line and pay you know, the local FFL more money. And so let's go over that again. Let's, let's go over that again. So it's not, you're not paying the local FFL. These are all fees that the state imposed. But when you, when I come in and I say, I'm buying this firearm and I fill out my paperwork, I've got 30 days Correct. to pick that up. On the 31st day, if I've gone on yep. vacation, I have to actually do my dros, my dealer's record of sale all over again and wait another 10 days. Correct. So wow. if that, if that 30 days has been delayed, and, you know, they're making me read Rosa because they didn't get their job done, which I'm sure is going to make a lot of people hot. The other thing I saw this actually happen, Rick, was one of the gentlemen, his license expired two days after his um, his pickup day, his 10 day. Well, they delayed him three days. Mm-hmm. So now he has to read Rosa again with a new license, a new ID, because right. the state has days worth of an instant background check done. Correct. Now, personally, this affected me. I purchased a, a Ruger Red Hawk, and they delayed me. Um, you know, I should be like in their um, the instant checkout box in, in guns. <laughs> well, and, and this is this is you know this is one Frequent of the things flyer. that I've been right been exactly. Arguing. I got my TSA miles here. <laughs> this is one of the things that I've been arguing, and I'm hoping that this whole system that one of the the things that will come up is our community will actually get more involved. You know, the argument I've made for years, and I know Sam's heard me make this until I'm blue in the face, but the concept is, you know, I have several firearms. I'm not denying it. I went through this system several times. And as you know, Philip, when you go and you pick up your firearm, you're told all the time, hey, you know, you could you could do something wrong and everybody's going to know about. It. Well, if that's true, if that's really true with DOJ, then why do I have to keep going through a 10-day wait? There is no cool off. I already have multiple firearms. If I'm going to be stupid, I don't need to go buy a new one. Absolutely. So let me me, me run off the break here. We got to to make a quick cut. But folks, this is Philip Neyman, Firing Line Radio Show. I've got a full show here today. Sam Paredes, Gun Owners of California, John Marquez, Precision Holsters, and Rick Travis of of the uh, California Rifle Pistol Association. We'll be right back after this. AM 590, the answer. This portion of the firing line is brought to you by Bullseye Sports in Riverside. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. See this? This is my boomstick. Hey folks, Philip Neyman, Firing Line Radio Show. You know that every week our conversations can revolve around the Second Amendment, hunting, shooting, all the great things afforded to us by the Second Amendment of the Constitution of the United States. Now we've had some pretty unprecedented times in demand on our local gun stores. And one of our longtime sponsors here is Vince Torres, Bullseye Sports Guns and Ammo in Riverside, corner of Brockton and Arlington. And one of the things we want to stress with you folks is that you are finding out about all the rules the state of California has imposed upon you 
while you've been sleeping. It is not the owners of the gun store's fault that you have to wait outside. It is not the owners of the gun store fault that there aren't any firearms for them to sell you, that this demand has been unprecedented, and that the California DOJ has once again fallen flat on its face. So my ask this week for you is to have a little patience and a little compassion for your gun store employees because these guys have been under barrage for the last two months here. They are, they're doing everything they can and every single thing that makes you mad when you go into a gun store is the state of California's fault. So you need to register to vote. You need to make sure that you re re replace these jackals. I can say jackals, right? Jackals. We can replace these jackals out of excremento and move on and fix this state. That's my ask just this week is that we actually take this terrible time and use it to fix this state. Okay. Head on down to Bullseye Sports, 951-823-0211. Okay. Now, <laughs> joining me back here on the show is Rick Travis, is the executive Director of Development for California Rifle and Pistol Association. I have Sam Paredes, the CEO of Gun Owners of California. John Marquez, CEO of Precision Holsters. And we're just talking about what's happened here in California and how do we correct that. So uh, let me give you a couple more minutes here, um, Rick, and tell us what's going on with CRPA and what you guys are involved in. Well, we've been working with the sheriffs up and down the state. And this is something I'm trying to get people to realize is that Start looking for, you know, the primaries that will start up in 21 for the 22 elections, because that's when sheriffs will be elected again. And that has been critical, as I know Sam knows. We have been working with all of those different sheriffs up and down the state to make sure they classified as essential businesses. And we've had some amazing sheriffs, you know, a couple in the Bay Area, like Sheriff Farrar and Solano. I'll do a shout out for before the president came down with the version 2.0 from the Homeland Security declaring the industry as an essential business, he was already saying it in a very hostile area of the Bay Area that was essential when he met with the health officer and got that put in under local counties. And this is why so much of the work that Gun Owners of California and CRPA does in the background that doesn't get seen because we don't grandstand is so vital for times such as this, is that we've been able to fight to keep those stores open. Um, you know, the NRA launched a lawsuit. Unfortunately, the judge kicked it out. But uh, we also launched a, a follow-up lawsuit and got that into the queue on Friday. It's to be heard this week. And uh, we're looking for a favorable outcome to that that will help us get the rest of the counties opened up. Awesome. And that is important. Another thing, I somebody told me, maybe you can correct me if I'm incorrect, but if you are a CCW holder and you are carrying... It is a state law that you are not allowed to wear a mask or cover your face. That's not true. So let's, let's talk about that. So this is where people take it. It's out of Penal Code 25300. In fact, I spoke on another conference call last night on this in Northern California. What 25300 de deals with is intent. So, yes, if I go put a mask on because I intend to stick you up in a robbery, that's illegal. But if I'm wearing a mask or a bandana or something during this, this health crisis, that's not illegal. Now, I'm going to say the same thing I do to a lot of people in our community. I get it. a lot of us, you know, may have a penchant for wearing different types of paraphernalia, putting things on our firearms. But obviously, as CCW holders, you got to think about it. Yeah, it might be cool to have something on the side of your gun that says, kill them all, let God sort them out. But if you end up in a lawsuit, having used that firearm to defend yourself, you're going to put yourself in a negative position in front of a jury of 12. Same idea. You know, I put on a face mask. It's a a hospital mask or a bandana or even, you know, like my hunting flip sleeve that's in camouflage, that's fine. 
I put up a skull punisher type face might not be fine when interacting with law enforcement. It might look differently. So part of this is also using common sense. And I think the vast majority of people with CCWs do use common sense. Absolutely. Sam, you want to touch on anything you guys are finishing off with uh, what you're working on in California? Well, we are working hand in hand with with Rick Travis and Chuck Michelle, CRPA and Michelle and Associates uh, to accomplish all of the things that we have to do here in the state of California, especially on the local level. Um, working with our, our team at, uh, at the Gun Owners of America on on the on the federal level with regards to the mask. Remember, if it if your intent is to hide your identity, then you you are in trouble. But if you are just wearing a mask in order to comply with medical. Uh, 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 requirements, that is totally okay. The intention is that you're trying to hide your identity. So anybody who tells you that silliness, just tell them, no, they're wrong. I they're was wrong. looking and for a not to wear a mask. <laughs> any sheriff who arrests somebody for wearing uh, a N95 mask while they're a CCW holder is going to be laughed out in court. So they don't, they don't want to do it. And I, I doubt that any sheriff in the state would do that. But uh, we need to stop these rumors. Um, uh, and we need to be safe. And and, uh, and more, most importantly, folks out there, if you're listening, you got to keep supporting the, us as we continue to fight. Oh, yes, we're doing it from my reloading bench and Rick from home. And and but we are still employing lawyers to 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 file the lawsuits, to support the, the cases that were were to to identify the clients that we need. Um, we are still doing all of the letters that are necessary to the governor, to the mayors, to the district attorneys, to the city attorneys. There's a lot of work that we are still doing from the comfort of our own homes uh, in order to re- restore your Second Amendment rights and protect them here in the state of California. So we need your support now more than ever because our normal fundraising activities, our dinners and our shoots and things like that, they ain't happening. So, um, you know, in order for us to continue to support, we need the, the, the faithful support of, of those people who want to fight for their Second Amendment rights. Right. So, and Find finally... Out. Go ahead. Let me say one more thing. There are a whole lot of new gun owners in the city of California, people that a month ago would have said, I will never own a gun, who are now gun owners because they, their eyes have been opened. They now realize that, holy smokes, I am my own first line of defense. Everything that those gun nuts have been saying for years is true. Who would have thought we would be in this kind of a crisis? We're, we're living a movie. We're living a horror movie. What is the next step? Is the next step in the horror movie a possibility? I need to protect my family, my home, myself, and I need a gun to do that because the cops aren't going to be here to help me. God bless them for everything they do. So we need to reach out to those people, inform them, give them uh, basic training as we can through the Internet, uh, websites, through uh, educational programs like this show, um, everything that we can do. So we've got a lot of work going on, even though we're doing it from home. It's basically they are buying their firearms to protect their toilet paper. That's. <laughs> hey, let me let me switch over here. Uh, John Marquez has been kind. He's been sitting on the on the side here. He hasn't hasn't tipped off at all. Uh, John, you're up there in in uh, Placerville area, right? Yep, that's correct. Placerville, and you own a company called PrecisionHolsters.com. Now, this is the fun part of the show, right? We we we've done our work. We've talked about what's going on in California and how to get involved on in that. You've actually taken a company and developed your own holsters, uh, concealed carry holsters, competition holsters outside inside the waistband. Tell us what, what got you into this. Um, actually, what really got us into it was when I first got my CCW permit. 
um, was having a hard time finding product that worked for me. Um, <clears throat> took a liking to it. I've always uh, had a high level of passion for design work. And so uh, me and my business partner, Garrett Pig, we started, uh, started it up and we uh, just had a lot of friends and, and uh, acquaintances that were like, man, can you make me one? Can you make me one type thing? And so we, uh, we were like, man, maybe we got something here. And so we did. Um, we took a real uh, a different approach in a sense. Um, we wanted to get as much training as we possibly could. Uh, so we reached out to some of the, the top instructors in the country, um, Asad Ayub being one of them, uh, Mike Seeklander. Um, we reached out to our local instructors here in Sacramento. Uh, Wesley Lagomarsino owns LFIguns.com, amazing instructor. And man, we were just blessed in the sense that we learned this stuff from the highest level. Um, with all of that knowledge and experience that we gained, we were really um, able to implement um, a lot of the uh, training aspects of actually using a gun and uh, relate that into the equipment. Um, so with that, it's just been phenomenal. Um, our reviews have been amazing, and uh, a lot of folks like what they're getting. So you mentioned Asada Ayub. Now, weren't you having a training program that got delayed? Absolutely, yes. It did get delayed. It's been postponed into September. It's going to be uh, the MAG-40 class. September 10th through the 13th. Um, it's a four-day course. Uh, it's referred to as the MAG-40. Um, you can, however, take uh, MAG-20 range or MAG-20 classroom. And it basically is encompassing... Hey, you know I, need to, I need to stop right there. I'm sorry about that. We're out of time. We're going to pick it up on the other side. We're talking about the MAG-40 class with Asada Ayub, September 10th through the 13th out there in Placerville. We'll be right back after this. Have questions about handgun safety, local sports shooting events, or your Second Amendment rights? Just ask Vince at Bullseye Sport in Riverside. Get practical advice. No sales pitch. Vince is a straight shooter when it comes to sharing his advice and years of gun experience. Whether you're a seasoned gun owner or a newcomer, at Bullseye Sport, they welcome everyone, especially ladies considering a firearm for the first time. When they go to our store, we want to give them something that they're going to feel comfortable with. And if you're looking to purchase a gun, ammo, or accessories... If we don't have it, we will get it for you. For all the answers to your rifle and handgun questions, just ask Vince at Bullseye Sport. 951-823-0211. Bullseye Sport in Riverside. Proud sponsor of the Firing Line Gun Show, Saturdays at 1 p.m. on AM 590. Follow Bullseye Sport on Facebook for your inventory updates or call 951-823-0211. 951-823-0211. AM 590, the answer. This portion of the firing line is brought to you by CCW Safe by Philip Naiman and Cornerstone Christian Wealth Management. Spartans, lay down your weapons! Persians, come and get them! Hey folks, Philip Neyman, Firing Line Radio Show. Check out our podcast at FiringLineRadio.com, FiringLineRadio.com. We have just a few shows stacked up there for you to listen to. So when you're suffering from insomnia because you're all worried about COVID-19, 
download some of our podcasts. We'll put you to sleep. No problem. So that's one of the things we're, it's a benefit of this show for you. Um, joining me back on the show, I have several guys. I have Sam Paredes, Gun Owners of California. I have Rick Travis, Director of Development, California Rifle and Pistol Association. And I actually said your title correctly that time. And I have John Marquez, CEO of Precision Holsters, precisionholsters.com out of Hangtown, Placerville, California. We're just talking about how he got started into creating some of the holsters and some of the designs and the training aspect. And I kind of got on the rabbit trail there that not only is there a training aspect that they're involved with, but he has a huge class with Sada Ayub's group, September 10th through the 13th, up there in the Sacramento area. And you can find out more, well, we're going to find out more about it right now. So, John, tell us a little bit more about what the purpose of that is. So, virtually, the class is for a high level of concealed carry. Um, the two-day range portion of the class, will Mossad will get you up and running so that you can pass this police qualifier um, virtually it gives you a way to be able to authenticate that you are proficient in your gun handling skills and your shooting skills um, the classroom portion of it Masad will get you up and running teaching you justifiable homicide inside and out uh, it's an immersion course on the laws of uh, justifiable homicide you will uh, virtually note-take throughout the whole entire class, um, giving you a way to authenticate that you knew what you were doing before you ever were involved in some sort of shootout. Um, the uh, Yeah, it's pretty much just a real high-level CCW course. Um, you know, you, you're going to get so much information, so much knowledge, um, years and years of experience from Assad. And a lot of range time with a great instructor. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, the range portion is amazing in the sense uh, you're, you're getting a history lesson in, in firearms training with Mossad. He's going to um, everything from the Asosceles to the Weaver to the Chapman um, stances, uh, the reasons why they changed. Uh, it's it's really incredible. Yeah. All right, so. So you, when you started off your holster company, you had a CCW, you wanted a, a, something decent to carry. You didn't like the options that were out there and the prices that are involved. So, um, you know, like the options that were out there and the prices that were involved. So you started to create your own. And what are some of the differences that you found with yours? Um, you know, we really, what it was is through the level of training that we were getting, we were finding that. Um, a lot of the products that were currently available didn't offer didn't uh, offer the end user the uh, the capabilities to encompass that fundamental training. Um, so we really looked at that, you know, as far as like being able to acquire a full grip while the gun is still in the holster. Um, looking at things uh, as far as the movement in the holsters um, not being stable enough. So you couldn't get consistency in developing grip. Um, uh, geez, retention levels um, were off, you know, especially with like hybrid style holsters that come with a, a certain amount of retention that was not adjustable, for instance. What is a hybrid style holster? Hybrid style holster is going to be um, encompassing leather and plastic. So typically the leather is going to be up against the body to give you the comfort levels and plastic on the outside to give you the safety and security retention. So it's yeah. molded to the gun. Each, each one's molded to each specific firearm, right? 
Yes, yes. The way we do it, everything is specific to gun model. Yeah, so we virtually uh, reverse engineer the firearm into CAD software to create our tooling. And then is it a Kevlar or not a Kevlar, a Kydex style? What exactly is your materials? Yes, our materials that we prefer is, is Kydex. We've tried multiple different types of plastics, and we keep going back to Kydex. Um, it just works great. And so not only do you have, you know, the different ways to carry a weapon concealed, you have inside the waistband, you have an outside the waistband, you have hip, you have appendix. What are some of the different things that you've learned about that design-wise? Um, you know, I'd like to see folks carrying closer to the front of the body. Um, there, however, there are folks that, you know, like to carry further back on the hip. Um, I kind of try and, you know, stay away from like small of the back type thing. Um, I think it's more difficult to protect the firearm. Um, of course, you know, there's dangers with uh, like appendix carry in the sense that, you know, if you negligently discharge the firearm trying to put the gun back into the holster um, and you, you know, possibly violated one of the four golden rules, which would be only point the gun at something you wish you to, that you wish to destroy, including yourself. <laughs> so don't do that, folks. Don't point the gun at yourself while trying to reholster. However, if you were carrying at the strong side three o'clock and you were to negligently discharge the firearm, you may take one to the side of the leg, possibly to the foot. Not as catastrophic as if you were carrying in the appendix position where we have a lot more going on, a lot more. Uh, yep, yep, uh, more, you know, we have the femoral artery and whatnot. Difficult, uh, catastrophic, so to speak. So, uh, obviously, safety is very important uh, when reholstering the gun. Or wear your, or wear your 5,500 plated uh, underwear. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. So, so, let's talk about that real quick because, as a safety issue, when I have to reholster and inside the waistband, I take the holster off. I put the gun in the holster and I put it on, back on as a unit. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, uh, I'm not going to disagree with that, but there may be times during the fight that you have to reholster the gun while, you know, you're, uh, you know, in the fight, so to speak. Uh, it could be that, you know, law enforcement is now showing up and you need to put this gun back into the holster. So you do have to, you know, really seek out a good instructor, an accredited instructor that can teach you to do this safely. It's more uh, it's it's simply more of a comfort level for me, just for the exact reasons you're talking about here. So I'm even if it's an inside the waistband on my hip, uh, I prefer to take it off, put the gun in, and then put the holster back on. Um, and again, that's just my own personal comfort level. Um, sure, sure. You got to be comfortable with what you're doing, um, as long as it's safe. You know, you're following the rules. Um, you know, there's there's a handful of folks that do that just because of the awkwardness. I mean, uh, at the end of the day, we're trying to put a loaded gun into our pants. <laughs> you know, there's a lot going on here. There's loose cover garments. There's, you know, maybe an inside shirt that can get in the way. I highly recommend. Belly button lint. Yeah. For some, for some people, it's a real, a- real issue. <laughs> absolutely. Yes. Um, you know, a little extra there on the on the love handles. Um you know, I, I tend to gravitate towards athletic type of material for my inner shirts that are going to have some level of elasticity so that there's less chance of that shirt 
coming loose, getting stuck into the trigger guards, things like that. Um, you know, you, uh, there's, I mean, there's great instructors out there. Again, one of them here locally, Wesley Lagomarsino, LFI Guns, uh, that can teach you guys how to do this in a very safe manner. Um, so let's, so let's talk about appendage carry because that's really the way I like to carry mine. But, um, some holster manufacturers, they basically make one side. And if the guy wants to carry an appendix, he just slides it from his hip to the front, right? Mm-hmm. What are some of the issues with that? Uh, you know, when we look at universal holsters, they're not good at what they're doing. Um, there's just, they're, it's very difficult. There's so many different body types. Um, when we're trying to really focus on, you know, a certain position, you start adding all this stuff together. You got to, you got to make it specific to that carry position. Um, You know, as far as like our ultra appendix holster, you know, we have relief cuts on it. We have pads on it that are going to add to the comfort level as well as angles that we engineered into the product so that it's going to provide the high level of concealment. Um, If you take our ultra appendix holster and put it at the three o'clock, it is not going to be comfortable. If you put it in the appendix position, it's a high level of comfort. You're going to be able to carry it 10, 12 hours a day. In the seated position, you know, it's not going to be an issue. Um, Just by, you know, simple things, um, adding contours to to edges, um, reducing hard angles on the thigh pad, um, you know, things like that, man, uh, it just makes it a very comfortable holster. Now, you take that same holster and you put it at 3 o'clock, and it's horrible. Um, you, you got your hip bones that are digging into certain points on the holster. You get, you're created hot spots, and the comfort value goes completely out. Right. Hey, folks, we're going to join uh, John Marquez back here again, precisionholsters.com, talking about how to carry your guns and some of the other things that they make right after this, precisionholsters.com. Hi, folks. Philip Naiman from Firing Line Radio Show. If you're a concealed handgun carrier or have a firearm to defend your home and are forced to use your weapon for self-defense or the protection of a loved one, you'll be glad to have CCW Safe on your side. CCW Safe provides and pays 100% upfront defense funds for high-quality attorneys, expert witnesses, and the investigators you need following a critical incident with no reimbursement. And they do it all for one flat yearly fee starting at $179 a year. CCW Safe has permit and non-permit plans to protect California residents in this state and while traveling across the country. So check out their new ultimate plan with no caps on criminal and civil defense, $1 million for bond coverage, a dedicated million dollars for civil liability, and many other benefits. You defend your life. CCW Safe will defend your freedom and financial future. In California, CCW Safe has got you covered. So join now at ccwsafe.com. AM 590, the answer. This portion of the firing line is brought to you by Vortex Optics. Vortex, the force of optics. Bonham, what is best in life? To crush your enemies, see them driven before you, and to hear the lamentation of your women. That is good. Hey folks, Philip Neyman, Firing Line Radio Show. Check out our podcast, FiringLineRadio.com. That's our website. You can get all the news. Obviously, we're on Facebook and Instagram, so you can keep up with, with us there. But make sure that you join the group so you know what's going on. Um, 
Here on the show, I have Sam Paredes, gun owners of California, Rick Travis, the Director of Development for the California Rifle and Pistol Association, and John Marquez, CEO of Precision Holsters. We were just speaking with John Marquez a little bit ago about the holsters and uh, concealed carry and uh, the inside the waistband and some of those other things. But one of the other great things that these guys have come out with is their competition holster. Now, not everybody shoots competition. Um, some people are extremely serious. Others go out there like myself and use it as a great day of training. You know, for a $20 range fee, I get a great, great opportunity to shoot all different targets, all different styles. And I'm not really worried about bringing home a trophy. So the, the level of uh, expectations on myself is really nice and low where it should be. But I use these training sessions uh, for pistol training. There are competitions, but I use them as training. And so when you start to do things like that, you realize that some equipment is better than others. And an outside the waistband, easy access uh, holster is a great way to go if you're doing that. And, and the fast competition holster, as I'm looking on your website here, John, it really fits the bill for that. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So when we first um, decided to get into competition shooting, you know, like everything that we do, we decided to go um, have to go out there and do it ourselves. Um, so again, you know, relying on, uh, amazing instructors that we work with, went out there, really learned the competition side of it, um, got into competition shooting, really started looking at the issues that folks were having with, um, current product. Um, we identified those, uh, inefficiencies and really went after them. Um, one of the big things is, you know, guns snagging up in the holsters, um, you know, we really looked at it. We found ways to fix that. Um, right now, our, our fast products aren't haven't been out long enough um, to guarantee a hundred percent snag free coming out of the holster. But we could say they're about ninety nine point nine percent. You know, being able to develop you know the grip placement um, on the handgun. You know, probably number one fundamental in shooting a gun is going to be grip placement and pressure. Um, so being able to do that with the fast products, um, the way that they're cut, um, the openness of the holster so that the gun comes out unrestricted is super important for us. Um, the this, amount of being a, this being a competition holster, there's no retention on it, right? Um, actually, actually, we do have retention. It's adjustable retention. Um, it's, it's, uh, snugness, you mean? Uh, we do it in the form of a trigger detent. So there's the front a detent. Of the um, yeah, it's actually right in front of the front of the or right behind the front of the trigger guard. There's a, a detent. Um, we strategically designed it and placed it so that when the holster, when the gun is being drawn from the holster, there's um, different pressures that are being applied to the holster, which do cause snags in in the draw process. Um, so the way we engineered that allows for it to virtually be impossible for that detent to be snagging up on the guns. So it just makes it super fast. Um, uh, you know, as a matter of fact, when we were prototyping this with Mike Seeklander, Mike was like, man, this holster is fast. And that's what gave us the name. So we decided to name it FAST, P-H-A-S-T, um, stands for Precision Holsters Advanced Shooting Technologies. Now, on this, this is molded for specific guns. You have several different models. Which ones are your most popular? 
Um, you know, I would have to say probably the Shadow 2. CZ Shadow 2 is one of the number one sellers. Um, of course, Glocks um, probably followed up with uh, probably here in California, SPO1, just because it's on the gun roster. Um, and I, I believe that probably the six-hour P320X5 Legion, um, which we're just getting ready to release, is going to be a, a real big mover for us. It's very getting very popular in the shooting sports. That's a great gun, but that's not a, a roster gun in California, It's right? not in California, yeah. But, you know, we do some... Hey, right, Sam, right. Sam and Rick, why don't you guys get rid of that damn roster for us, huh? Yeah, that'd be great, Sam. In court. <laughs> <laughs> We're working on it. Yeah. So, Absolutely. I mean, com- you know, competition's great because you learn so many things. And when you're dealing with the high-end shooters, they can give you ideas on your products. And that's the other thing I wanted to bring up on your fast competition holster. Uh, currently, that's pretty inexpensive. If you're looking for a high-end competition holster, you guys have a great product price point on that you can find that at precisionholsters.com precisionholsters.com hey um let's round out the show here guys tell us a little bit about the roster issues that are in court uh sam or rick you want to take that rick you want to start sure so we're we have a couple of different court cases and things that we're doing on the crpa so try to get this roster um taken down and changed. It's absolutely ridiculous. Causes a lot of problems for people, even with firearms that are allowed because a SKU number or a manufacturer changes a name, and all of a sudden it's a new firearm when it's the exact same firearm. So there are a lot of issues with it. That it's it's archaic and it shouldn't be there. Nobody else has to deal with it. So we are working together on this, as Sam has said, side by side, trying to get that brought down. The other thing that we're doing is that we teamed up with CRPA to submit a friend of the court brief on the New York State Rifle and Pistol Association case versus the city of New York. That case has nothing to do with rosters or anything like that. But our amicus brief to the court asked them to rule on the issue of scrutiny uh, and to apply what Justice Scalia said in Heller, that courts, uh, judges should uh, refrain from using judicial balancing tests when hearing Second Amendment cases, that the only guidelines they should use is the text, history, and the tradition of the meaning of the words at the founding when they wrote the Second Amendment. So what did shall not be infringed mean then? If the court rules favorably for us on that issue and directs all of the lower courts to use that standard, we will now have the ammunition to come and get rid of safe handgun list, assault weapons ban, magazine ban, 10-day waiting period, and on, and the, the ammo laws here in the state of California and nationwide. So this case is extremely, extremely important, and CRP and gun owners in California teamed up on a very important uh, uh, amicus curiae uh, to the Supreme Court, uh, written by the Michelle and Associates, uh, and, and we're very proud of that. And, and uh, we're willing and praying that the court takes that issue seriously and they rule on that. Because the, the court's getting tired of lower courts flipping in the middle finger and saying, hey, we're going to rule on, on rational basis or intermediate scrutiny on Second Amendment cases uh, over and over. And, the, and they're, they're challenging the Supreme Court to overturn their rulings. So the Supreme Court can overture, overrule all of them with one, one decision, and that's what we're hoping for. Yeah, that would be awesome. Now, the interesting thing is they, they list these things as the safe handgun law. But police officers don't have to use guns on that roster. So 
police officers, therefore, by definition, are using unsafe firearms. You're absolutely correct. As a matter of fact, you might as well call it the politically correctness of firearm safety list because, you know, first they required uh, the, the, the drop tests and all of that in order to ban all of the, the so-called ring of fire Saturday night specials. Well, all of those manufacturers submitted guns and they all passed the safety test. So the the, the legislature said, well, we got to get something else. Let's add loaded chamber indicators and magazine disconnects are required. Those are functions that most law enforcement agencies at the time would disable from the guns when they purchased them from the manufacturers because they didn't want their officers relying on a mechanical device for safety reasons. They were training them to be visually uh, and physically safe and not to rely on, on, on mechanical things because they will break. And then when manufacturers still made guns with those devices in there, they said, well, now it has to have micro stamping. And that this was is- Kamala Harris. Now, Schwarzenegger signed that dang thing into law, kind of set it in motion. He should never be forgiven for that. He should be removed from the title from Conan the Barbarian. It's just unknown actor because he doesn't deserve that title anymore. You are absolutely right. He was uh, ended up being the single most anti-gun governor we've had, anti-Second Amendment, anti-constitutional governor we've had in the state of California. So. Um, we're that's what we're fighting. NSSF has a lawsuit on micro stamping, but uh, our, our amicus brief to the Supreme Court could resolve the entire issue by giving us the, the, the ruling on scrutiny. And we'll be able to go to overturn all of that silliness, all of that goofiness, all of the unconstitutional, uncommon sense, stupid, ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I can't come up with any more descriptions of the laws that we have on the books in the state of California having to do with the only men. problem with this is all of a sudden I'm going to have about 50 new guns that I need to buy because of the way. Oh, should we all have such wonderful problems? I will. Right. You know, we, we're already a member of the gun of the month club. Um, yeah. so, uh, and with every new gun, you're going to need a new holster. You're going to need go. a new holster. So check out precision holsters. So uh, line up and, and get them now. John, anything else you want to tell us about? Uh, man, uh, come visit us, guys. Uh, we, we spend a lot of time, you know, really into the uh, the study of firearms training and really try to put that into uh, our products. Um, if you have any questions, you guys are all welcome to give us a call and we'll uh, work on um, hey, take a look at our Facebook. Dave Morgan, you're on Facebook. Check that out at precisionholsters.com. I'm sorry we're out of time. Thank you to my special guests. And guys, stay safe out there. God bless. Shoot, Felipe. Shoot. When you have to shoot, shoot. Don't talk. The Firing Line Radio Show has been brought to you by Bullseye Sports in Riverside. CCW Safe. Cutting Edge Bullets. Vortex Optics. Vortex, the force of optics and by Philip Naiman and Cornerstone Christian Wealth Management. AM 590, the answer.